This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Tonight, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. We do, we do, Does anyone here know the lyrics? Prove it! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob has a podcast. And now, here's the guy who thinks people need to stop wasting their money on getting coaching to just to be on Rob as a podcast. I'm Rob Sisternino. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rob as a podcast feedback show for week number one. And we've got a good one for you here today because we are going to be talking with somebody who kicked off an explosive start to season 44. And we said way back when that we need to get her to talk about the premiere of season 45. Promises made, promises kept. Please welcome in Maddie. Maddie, how are you? Hi, Rob. I'm good. Yes. Maddie Pamilla. Do I pronounce that right? Pamilla. Are you Italian? I am. Yeah. It's an Italian last name, but it... People take a little Hispanic turn to it, but no, it's Italian. Okay. All right. Maddie, so excited to talk to you here because uh, I feel like we're going to have a lot of fun here tonight. Of course, this is the feedback show for anybody who is new. Uh, You can go ahead and... Uh, send in your feedback questions every single week. You can leave us voicemail, robinsonwebsite.com slash voicemail. We also put uh, a post up in our patron Facebook group and on Twitter, all sorts of different places. And also, 
want to just uh, check out something else that we've been working on. A little website, a little bit of a hub for all of our Survivor content to listen to all of the great Survivor shows that we have on this network. Go to SurvivorPods.com to check out all things Survivor that we're working on where you can listen to all the RHAP Survivor podcasts and subscribe to our feed all in one place at SurvivorPods.com. Maddie, how are you? I'm good, Rob. I'm chilling. I'm liking being an alumni, which is not a thing I ever thought that I would like because I want to be playing, but it's been fun. I really feel very good about the season, which is not easy for me because I'm very critical and particular about my survivor, but I feel good about these people. I don't know. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm very excited to talk to you. I'm going to get on a plane tomorrow and come to New York for our big live show coming up on Wednesday night. We do have some seating still available. This is going to be our biggest live show ever, uh, biggest crowd that we should ever have on hand. Uh, we still have some seating left. This is a bigger, the biggest venue we've ever played. Uh, you can go to robhiswebsitecom slash N-Y-C-T-I-X if you want to be there with us on Wednesday night for a big episode two of Survivor 45. Now, Maddie, you said you liked being an alumni uh, more than you thought. What is it that you like being, about being an alumni? Hmm. Um, well, for me, I was barely on the season anyway. Mm-hmm. So lost some interest after episode one. Um, just kidding. I enjoyed watching everyone play, but I felt like I had all of this energy tied up in my season and what could have been and all the things that I wish I had done and, and what it would be like to be out there. And I would watch just like a fan, you watch and you see yourself on the episode, except for I actually could have been there. So it's like, it's a fun experience, but it's also a painful experience. And this one, it's a clean slate, someone else's chance. It feels like like spring. I'm like, spring. new life. Yes. Get the fresh blood in there. It's and it, yeah. yeah, it's all positive. Yes. So. Okay. And Maddie, if anybody's listening to the podcast version, of course, you can watch this on our YouTube channel as well. But Maddie is wearing the Ratu buff, correct? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Well, uh, look, I love that I, spirit. Yeah, because like, I never really like was, I, I hated Ratu. Very few people <laughs> in the history of the podcast have worn a buff to the podcast. Yeah, I'm. Well, Rob, like as a as a top, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's a skirt. It's a top. It's all things. Sure, and, and it's very stretchy. Exactly. I was gonna say it's indestructible, as we found out in the mm-hmm. first episode of Forty Five. Yeah. Okay. So Bob, you never were you never rocked a buff top during your season. I, I don't think I ever did it during my season. I'm trying to remember because I think that there would be pictures of that if I if I did do it, even like towards the end of the game. Uh, but. Yeah, maybe maybe a regret, but you know, like I, I had a lot of people. You know, Maddie, I didn't play in like the, uh, and it's hard to say. Hannah's like, what do you mean the nice era? But you know, there there would have been like a lot of comments if I was to wear a buff as a top back in my day. It's never too late. I'm mm-hmm. thinking Wednesday. If someone were to bring you a buff top at the so, after party, yeah, live show. So you would like to, you would like me to at these at the live show. Be come out wearing a sh- a buff as a shirt. I think it's the least you could do for me coming here tonight. 
Um, I think there's maybe more of a chance of uh, me doing that for at Bryson Wang. I think more so, <laughs> okay, more so than in front of you know uh, 750 people or so on. I'll uh, settle Wednesday for night. Bryson Wang. Sure, we'll talk. Okay, we'll we'll do that, Maddie. I'm so interested to hear your reaction to seeing your castmate Bruce be back out there for season 45. What's that like for you to watch Bruce come back for season 45? It's awesome, Rob. Like I I could get emotional talking about it. I remember coming out to I, oh my god, am I gonna cry? I remember coming out to Ponderosa. It's just me. And I had just been there because in your pregame, you're at Ponderosa for days. You're not talking to anyone. All your hopes and dreams lay before you. And then three days later, I'm back on a boat. Right. Again. And the only person there was Bruce. And so I remember the sun comes up in the morning. You realize what the can I cuss? Yeah, you're good. (laughs) What the fuck just happened? And the person sitting at the table right in front of me is big, smiley, like Bruce with a gash on his head. And what everyone does when they get out of Survivor is they daydream. How do I get back here? What do I do to get struck by lightning twice? What are the chances that I can get back here again and do this and do it better? And Bruce and I talked about that at length. And I had like this moment, and I remember it, on Ponderosa looking at Bruce and hearing him talk about coming back. And I was like, Bruce, you actually, you really could come back. Like I, I sort of had a sense that I was daydreaming and I, but when looking at Bruce, I was like, no, like you, what happened to you has never happened. And who else is out there? Like Bruce, mm-hmm. like there's only one him. And I just had this like calm come over me looking at my new friend. And I was like, I do think that you can come back. And I'm not lying about that. I really do. Yeah. think you can. And so to watch him, Oh my God. I was with him in Rhode Island, me and me and Helen, the three Pondy besties. Um, and yeah, chill. Like I'm, I'm trying to keep it together, like chills, like just so much love and happiness for my friend who he'd been in casting for 41, 43, 44. Oh my God. Like for him to be back, it's like, yes, time. He did his time. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Nature is healing. Bruce is back. Yeah. <laughs> the birds are chirping. Yes. And, and so I just would love to get your scouting report of Bruce, the player, because Bruce has like come back this season with like a little bit of a different vibe to him where he's like now and like, like, Hey, people thought like Mike Bloom said I was going to be boring in season 44. I'm not the dad. I'm the fun uncle. I'm wacky Bruce. Uh, Have you noticed that? Is that a shift from him or is that? No, he was always a wacky guy. Yeah. The latter. So in Ponderosa, what you're doing when you're not talking is you're projecting who you think people are onto them. So Bruce, so many people had Bruce on their list of like, I want to work with that guy. He's giving like corporate dad, buttoned up, like um, dependable, reliable, predictable, all of these very like, I don't know, strong, grounded attributes. Bruce is more like me than anyone would ever know. He is- Chaotic. Yeah. So I, what we're seeing is chaotic. Chaotic. Okay. (laughs) Um, so what we're seeing is, is Bruce to a T and that's how you want to play survivor. You want to play survivor like yourself. Otherwise might as well be someone else. So I'm happy to see him wearing his skin, doing him, um, 
will be interesting gameplay. Yeah. But See, I had wondered if because, you know, maybe he was going into 44 a certain way and then he came out of your season where, OK, you have such big characters uh, that were, you know, such a big part of the story that he's like, OK, I got to let my freak flag fly here when I come back. <laughs> um, I do think that there is that could be true. Like I, you when you go out to play the first time, the number one thing I hear people say Afterwards, I wish I didn't take it so seriously. And I feel the same way. And I wonder if Bruce feels like that too. We haven't explicitly talked about it, but I think he feels like he's playing with house money. Like he's now he's done it. He knows he's been hand selected twice. He knows mm -hmm. he belongs there. He's coming in a little bit fresher. He's not wearing that film of like um, imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. He's just, he's he knows he belongs there. And I do think to Emily's point, we can get into this later. I think she's right. He's coming in with a hand up, even though he hasn't, been to a tribal. He hasn't even done a successful immunity challenge, etc. Okay. Uh, I just want to also address that we've got the live chat going. We're here live on a Monday night. That's when we're going to be doing the Survivor Feedback Show this season. And so if you're here with us live, uh, we love to get your questions. We can take those here live in, during the show. I have a bunch of questions for Maddie from uh, earlier today, but we can always take your comments and your feedback as uh, we go through all of it. You mentioned Emily. Do you want to talk a little bit about Emily? Because like we're as yeah. Bruce's friend, when you <laughs> were watching this, were you getting like a little bit like you're felt like a little bit of like the, uh, Hey, what are you saying about uh, Unk? I, I always feel that for my friends. Like I'm, I'm fiercely loyal to a fault, which is part of how I got out of survivor first. Like, you know, it, it's a strong character trait of mine. Like I am fiercely loyal. Mm -hmm. So part of me was like, Bruce, how did you handle this? That sucks. Sorry that she came for you like that. Another part of me was like, who is this wild woman? I love her. You love it. It was love at first sight with Emily. She opened her mouth and I was like, I want to be her friend. Like, I just think she's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me bring in a question uh, from Rubber Jar, who says, what parallels do you see between yourself and successful financial <laughs> analyst Emily Flippin, given that she could have been another first boot of the uh, chaotic young women branch. I love the way that's phrased. Hail to whoever submitted that question. Um, I uh, Emily's awesome. I don't want to compare her to me because she she's m way better than me. She's awesome. She's gonna. I think she's gonna go really far. Um, but the way that we, I I did see some of myself in Emily in the way that she she's very direct. I mean, to come out and immediately say, these are the two targets that I'm thinking, this is exactly why. And she left no holes in her argument, yeah. kind of the same way that I had when pitching to my tribe. And I don't think necessarily now that I've played, uh, you want to put all your cards on the table like that, but she can't help it. It is her essence. That is who she is. And um, I love it. Yeah, I so loved I it so much too. Yeah. And so as far as gameplay wise, okay, and I loved it from television. Did you feel like that there was any sort of like method to her madness or do you feel like that that was a mistake that she had made? It's hard to say because um, depends how much time there was left. She's a smart person. I don't think that she's doing anything uh without weighing the risks. Mm -hmm. I think she's, I think she's in control. She's, um, she's who she is and she can't help that, but she's not, 
Emily doesn't lack self-awareness, right? Like I, no. I was reading after Survivor, self-awareness is is uh, made up of quadrants because we all do psych testing to go on Survivor. And most people are going to test really high EQ because that's what would make you a competitive Survivor player. It's going to make good TV. But what I was trying evaluating where I went wrong and looking at Emily at in the first episode, I'm trying to evaluate like where the EQ is spread across across these quadrants. Yeah, can you talk more about the quadrants? Because I don't know the quadrants. Um, I'm I, there's only two that I've been focused on because they're where I went wrong. But where I would say that I so I in short I can't really remember, so we have to look it up. Okay. <laughs> but. Um, for me, what I realized is like, I'm good at reading people and I understand people's, um, their own, uh, desires and how they'll, but I'm good at reading people. Yes. Where I fall short is the self-control of like caring if people don't like what I'm saying. And I think that's where Emily also falls short is that she is aware of what's happening around her. It's not that she doesn't understand that this could backfire, but she has a lot of confidence in what she's saying and doesn't care that people may not like what she's saying because she thinks that she can rationalize herself through it. Are you looking it up, Rob? Yeah, I'm looking I, I, uh, that. Uh, I, I really love stuff like this. So uh, like, I, I find it to be uh, interesting here. Let me see if I can bring it up on the screen and you tell me if this is uh, the right thing that we're looking at. So we have, uh, okay, so here, check, the, check this out, okay? Let's, let's bring this up. Okay, and, uh, okay. Does this look right to you? Yes. So, uh, okay. Yes, yes. Okay, so self-awareness, high. Okay. For Emily. Yeah. And so, for me. Okay, all right, yeah, so the four quadrants we have here are self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, and relationship management. Yeah, okay. So, self-awareness. Your viewers would disagree because I saw the comments after my, my exit press. Self-awareness, high for me and for Emily. Social awareness, high for me and for Emily. Self-management, lower for me and for Emily. Relationship management, lower for me and lower for Emily. So it's confusing after you do Survivor, you're like, I have really high emotional intelligence. You test at work, you test for Survivor, whatever. And then you go out there and you do something like Emily or you do something like me and you go, what happened to my emotional intelligence? I thought I could read people. It's, it's a quadrant thing. So you can be high in certain areas and low in certain areas. And I think... What happened with Emily is one of her areas is lower. So relationship management and self-management, she didn't have a lot of um, self-control and also just didn't care. And I think it's a confidence thing. I think she doesn't care what people think. So it's, um, yeah, that's why her relationship management goes lower. Yeah. Do you think that it is a bigger problem for her, like internally in her tribe or in terms of like how the other players are viewing her not on her tribe? Wait, say that again. I got distracted you, by the chat. Okay. Listen, they're going to let the, the, chat, okay, sorry, I'm let not the chatters to chat. Okay. Uh, do you think that it's more of an issue internally with her own tribe in terms of like, hey, she's making us look bad by this or that the other tribes are maybe having more of a target on her? In relation to what she said to Bruce? Yeah. In terms of the way yeah. that came I, off. All, I, I Can I choose all the above? Yeah. You know, like, I think that it's when you go, when you're on the mat, you want to have a unified front and obviously they've never met. So they're thinking we're all going to have a unified front. And then this one person differentiates themselves and shows a weakness. Potentially there's a crack in the front 
And then when they show up at the mat at the next challenge, they know there's probably been a discussion with this wild card Emily girl and everybody knows that we're not unified. And that's not that's not what you want in Survivor yeah. at that stage. Was there a moment from your times on the, on the mat at the beginning of the game or at the first challenge when somebody said something that was like a little bit confrontational with the other tribes? No, but I will say that that people are afraid to show their cards and the folks who do show their cards, it's a choice. So Danny on the first mat was being you know, a big ham. He's referencing Jeff. He's like showing all his personality while some of us wanted to damper who we are. I'm more like Emily. I was like, just don't say anything. I'm mm -hmm. crazy. Like I'll say like crazy shit. And I was like, just don't say anything crazy, Maddie. Just say something vanilla. And that's why there's nothing in me of me in the edit. Cause I wanted to push that down. Someone like Danny who comes in and is so comfortable in who they are and so not afraid of what people are going to think. That may, that tells you something about Danny. It shows you that he's like, you know, maybe like Sifu. He's not really thinking about what other people are doing. He's going to do what he wants. And that informs you about how they might play the game as well. So there wasn't any confrontation, but people were definitely on different levels of being out there and forthcoming with who they are. Okay. Um, let me then just, uh, the chat is asking for your Enneagram, your yeah. Myers-Briggs type. Okay. Uh, every, every, that, look, if Kendra was here, your horoscope or your, uh, your sign. So, um, you learn a lot about yourself doing Survivor. So I've been like in therapy for years. I was like, I know myself. I come out of Survivor and I've learned more about myself in the last year than anything. So I learned my Enneagram is one thing. Um, Claire introduced me to Enneagrams. Yeah. Claire Rafson, eight on the Enneagram. Maddie Pamela, eight on the Enneagram. Okay. Good friends. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I, then, I have many eights in my life. Do you? Can you tell me some? Well, I'm married to one. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. When did you learn that your wife is an eight? About two how? years ago. About two years ago. When I, when I learned about it. What's her sign? She is a Virgo, one of these strong Virgo women uh, like we cool. saw on the uh, Bellow tribe. Yeah. No, I love that. Your wife um, ripped me in my, my <laughs> assessment, and, and my love language is getting ripped. I was like, I like her. She's got a strong opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk, we'll talk when I see you in New York. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah. I love Team Nicole. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she's not going to be there. Uh, I'm coming solo. It's too bad. Too bad. Okay. Uh, one other personality type question. Uh, this is from Natalie. Uh, did they tell Maddie that her psych assessment was similar to any past players like Emily and Chaos Cass? Uh, who does Maddie think she's similar to? Okay. They did not tell me. Um, they did tell me that I was like a survivor girl, which they typically test like um, very uh, impulsive and confident and maybe aggressive. So they said that like, I fit that, but they didn't give me a specific person. They told me I'm not like poverty, which mm -hmm. is funny because a lot of people, I think just cause I have brown hair and I'm like a girl's girl are like, Oh, like she's like poverty. We're really not similar. Like I saw my scores and it's really interesting. They do it on like a binary gender scale and my scores were highly masculine. And I'm like, no wonder they put me with Brandon Cottom. And then who did I end up fighting with? Brandon Cottom. It's like you get two masculine people, completely different walks of life, very different opinions, and they're going to fight on day one through three. Yeah. So it's it's a science. It's really interesting. 
You know, I really felt like that Emily and like her conversation with Bruce, I, I felt like that came across very differently as that it was coming from a woman as opposed to if this was a man that was uh, calling out Bruce in that way. I think that people would have, the reception might have been different of like, oh, wow, he's a real, like, uh, boy, this guy's a real spark plug. Uh, that yeah. what, a, what a personality. Whereas I felt like that it had a, a negative connotation in a way that if it was one of the men survive, male survivors, I felt like that it wouldn't have come across that way. Yeah. That's very astute, Rob. Um, I don't, I um, I think that could totally be true. I, I think what I can definitely say is like, we've never seen a, a female do anything like that on the mat. And so it's the first time any of us have seen it and it surely sparked a lot of conversation. Um, and I'm hearing a lot of it's negative. I've only seen positive because my algorithm is like, crazy girl. <laughs> like got the positive algorithm, way. yeah, yeah. So, no, I just thought that that, that was interesting and uh, we'll see. But I, I loved Emily as far as uh, being a person that was on the show. And, and that's why, you know, going back to Hannah, like I really was, you know, did not have a problem with Hannah quitting the game because that if this was an outcome of Emily getting voted out first from this season of Survivor, I think this would have been one of the worst Survivor premieres. It was like, okay, yeah. and, and they wouldn't have edited it the same way. But I was like, this is the biggest like open and shut case I've ever seen. They're being so obvious with the edit that, okay, I guess Emily is going home and that's it. And when Hannah was like, oh, I'll leave. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I was thrilled. Yeah. Um. It was, it was shocking. I was with Helen, so we were just watching it together. I got emotional. I looked over at Helen and I, I said, like, I think I'm going to cry. I didn't cry, but I, I was close. I was emotional just seeing that happen for Hannah and happen yeah. for the people around her. And then for, for me and Helen, and I was just like, oh, God, like, I, I was overwhelmed. I was what was cry. the part that was so emotional for you? Sorry, say that again. What was the part that was so emotional for you? I think that it's relatable. And I, I don't think that people understand what people go through to get to that point. Mm -hmm. And I think she came off of five days of not talking to anyone in Ponderosa. And if we're all extroverts, we're cast because we're extroverts. And being an extrovert means that part of your identity is, is cultivated by who you are to other people. Well, take away the other person. You can't talk to anyone for five days. You have an identity crisis. And I think that it's it's more than just her feet were wet and she was with a bunch of strangers. I think it, I think it, there must have been a mental aspect that was taking a toll on her. And, and so th that was to me, like my heart went out to her just seeing her make that decision and knowing like she may regret this later. And but I understand why she's making that decision. And then, you know, selfishly, we all know what I would have done if I played Survivor. I would have, I think Rick Devin said it on On Fire with Jet Probes. Like I would have clawed my way to the end. And I would have. So that for me, selfishly, or for Helen, like these people that have tried for years and really, really want to be on, you know, it hurts us too. But we're not in her DMs dragging her to hell by her hair. And we actually have a reason to be potentially upset. So everybody leave Hannah alone. 
Leave her alone. Should the show do more to that? Like, would it, would it help if, if and I heard Jeff talk about this on the On Fire podcast. I mean, he's like, well, you know, I don't talk about this because, you know, the audience has a voice. But, like, should they make the people who quit the game, like, read, like, some sort of, like, quitter's oath of, like, all right, you can you can quit. We'll let you out, but you have to read the words of, like, I, I Hannah Rose... I had a rose, like, am quitting the game. I'm quitting the game. And I've, that I am an embarrassment to survive. Like, like, should they, should they make them do something to then say, and then, and then the, uh, like, yeah, like when Zach, oh, Zach Wilson, when the hate goes too far, people are like, hey, leave Zach Wilson alone. He's had enough. I, uh, oh my gosh, someone said leave Britney alone. And I was like, <laughs> leave Hannah alone. That's me. Should they make Whatever. the survivors wear like a like fine? All right, put the quitter hat on and you can go. But Rob, I don't understand your point. To humiliate them further, or if to, the show like, does, if the show does something to to sort of like say like okay, you you all right, fine, you can you can quit, but crack this egg on your head, okay? Like Big Brother would do that. Yeah, um, they were. Big <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I I think that there's a respect between the players and the game, and I do think that Hannah respected the game, and I also think Hannah's a therapist. Anyone out there trying to psychoanalyze Hannah and tell her that she was out of touch with her decision is wrong. Like she made the right decision for her, and sometimes shit happens. It's it's a testament to how real Survivor is, and I don't want to be trite or sound like a CBS plug, but. It is real, mostly emotionally. And what we saw her say was all these physical things that were breaking her down. I would say there's probably an emotional aspect that we're not hearing about and mm -hmm. we're not entitled to hear about. And so let's move on with the season is how I feel. Yeah, I, guess the, Emily, I love Emily. Yeah, I guess the other way is that, you know, Survivor is like, hey, it's the hardest game ever. 26 days. You think 26 days is easy? And it's like, yeah, we broke Hannah. That's how hard this game is. Like, should they be like really trying to advertise it like that people can't even get through three days in the new era? That's how hard it is. Yeah. Do you think that that's the messaging? I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what they should do. Are you, Rob, I'm so confused. Are you trying to avoid another quit? Do you not like quitting? I mean, look, uh, that if there's going to be a quit and it's on day three, it's like, whatever. You know, I, I again, I didn't, did not mind. I mean, we don't have that many quits uh, in Survivor. I'm trying to even remember uh, outside of like the edge of extinction of who the last one was. Maybe um, somebody in the chat can remind me, but- no, I, I mean, again, uh, oh, oh, B, uh, B oh. and David versus Goliath. And that was sort of like, eh, my knee, whatever. And they just sort of like yada yada at that one. Is B not on the same level as Matthew from Ratu? Well, so you would have to, you know better than me uh, about I that. I know better. I was on Ponderosa drinking. Yeah. So I think that with, with B, and I think that while that the way that Survivor has probably handled quits in the past, where maybe that there has been less of an uproar about it is that the quits. So the way survivor has mostly handled quits really since purple Kelly and Nayanka is that they have done the quits at like the start of an episode 
and they sort of like have opened the episode with a quit. Uh, that was B. That was Lindsay in Kagiyan, where that the boat comes, and then they're like, "I want out. I don't want to be here." And then we still vote somebody out at the end of the episode. So we okay. kick off two people in one episode, and then I think because it sort of like happens in the first five minutes of the episode, and then we still vote somebody out. I feel like that the people have been, the audience has been less angry about that. I think mm -hmm. that they ended a, a tribal council in the premiere with a quit. I don't know. For some reason that seemed to trigger more people. Yeah, no, it certainly had an impact. I mean, again, like I said, I, I watching it with Bruce and with Helen, who I had been on Ponderosa with after having this traumatic experience of going out first, like, yeah, it really, that sucks to see. I don't like quitting either, but I, um, I always call uh, Omar Zahir the nuance king yes. from 42. Yes. He, I think a sign of intelligence is understanding nuance <laughs> and there's nuance to the situation. So if you're on one side of either the spectrum and you're having a polarized opinion about this, teach their own. But I think just remember that nuance is a sign of intelligence and maybe hold space for both. I'm not looking at you, Robin. I'm looking at people who are being very mean to Hannah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, there, and there's no place for that. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a TV show, you know, yeah. unless you were like in Hannah's like immediate family and you stood to benefit or you were the alternate on this season, then really, this is really between Hannah and Survivor. You don't need to, you could be like, okay, that wasn't my favorite Survivor episode ever. And beyond that, like you could yeah. probably settle down. And, and quits are extremely rare. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know when we'll see a quit again. Mm -hmm. They're super rare. Yeah. And it's not even like that it affected, you know, your faves in the game, unless you were saying like that, you know, that there was some outcome that you, oh, I really like wanted to see Emily voted out so badly. And then Hannah robbed me of that. And now Emily is going to win because of that. I mean, it's really not that big of a deal. It's the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think really that we're talking too much to the people that listen to this podcast. I don't think so either. <laughs> okay. Unless this is the, the Facebook. No, vibe. no. Oh, I didn't even think to look on the Facebook page. <laughs> is that is that is that worth oh, I it? I don't look anymore. I don't, do you think the Facebook Hive would be a fan of me, Rob? No, I I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, let me see. Let me, Sam, did they do that on the B and B already this week? Uh, maybe it might be interesting to go and check that out. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, um, let me ask you this question from Julia Sand who said, Hey Maddie, this first em episode emphasized how difficult the first few days of the game can be for players. Was there any aspect of the game that you found unexpectedly difficult that you feel, uh, isn't always shown to the viewers? Good question. I love this. Um, so I think physical and mental physical, uh, just can't translate. It's freezing at night. It is so cold. And, yeah. um, I'm small. I don't have a lot of body fat. Nobody wanted to cuddle up to me because everyone had a partner. And so I was sitting between Brandon and Matthew, who both are like turned away from me, both of my enemies and just freezing all night. I barely slept for like three days. And I, I wonder sometimes if that affected my decision-making and, and how, um, much I was willing to swing for the fences. Like, I don't know. I'm impulsive, but I don't know if I'm that impulsive. Um, so yeah, the, the freezing cold and lack of sleep is something that almost everyone talks about. Um, and then mentally, I mean, again, those five days of, of pregame before you play 
it can't be overstated how difficult that is. Especially, I mean, I would look at Heidi, who I assumed had kids. I'm like, how is she doing this? I'm just here alone, like dealing with my own crap. How is someone with kids at home able to sit here? And Heidi's a boss. Like she has such mental toughness. She was just like doing her puzzle. She was like totally in the zone. And we saw how that turned out. So I think that um, people come in preparing different ways. And one way I would prepare different is like, be prepared for the solitude to affect you mentally. Like it's, it's difficult. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if that had something to do with Hannah quitting and it's highly personal. And I feel like hands off, no judgment for me. Like I, I, more people should know about that. And I wish that they could incorporate it into the show. Some like just say in the beginning, these people have been together for days and none of them have spoken. They don't even call you by your name. They call you by your initials. Mm-hmm. It's it's very disorienting experience. And I loved it. I mean, I would do it all over again. I love like the whole thing. I like getting mic'd up. Like I just love all the crap that people are like, oh, the boats, like they make you want to throw up. I was like, yeah, <laughs> like this is awesome. Um, so I lo- I mean, I'm great at suffering. So it didn't bother me. But um, yeah, I would say the the cold at night and then the emotional depletion going into the game. You Mm -hmm. are raw. You are raw. Okay. All right. Let me ask you a question about the shot in the dark that comes to us from the king of nuance, Omer Zahir. He says, both Jamie and Brandon openly proclaimed they were going to play their shot in the dark before tribal, but both were received differently. People backed off of voting for Jamie, but people were more leery of Brandon. What do you think is the difference? And what is your take on both of these situations? I love the question. I don't have a fun answer because, Omer, I think that uh, the vote at Tribal for Ratu, where Jamie announced, I'm going to play my shot in the dark, I think it was already done. I don't think that it was, um, that that changed anything. I think that it solidified Brandon knowing that he needed to play his idol because there were now extra tricks up in the air. But I don't think that it actually is what put the nail in the coffin for me. I think I was already done once mm-hmm. Matthew ratted me out. That was my fault. Yeah. Um, for who who on 45? Oh, Brandon. Brandon said he, said he was going to play the shot in the dark. Yeah, and then people doubled down. I mean, I again, I would make the same argument. I think that Brandon may have already been dead in the water. And I, I think it's a pers- You know, a it's thing. interesting that the shot in the dark has come up at these first tribal councils uh, several seasons in a row. Um, I, I think that going back to, I think Zach played it in 42. Gabler said he was going to play it in 43. Then... Of course, uh, it gets played twice in your in season 44 premiere and actually Jamie hits it. But Matthew also makes his vote go away. And then Brandon is talking about using it. What's up with this shot in the dark at these first trials? Is it just that they give it to you and it's sort of like, well, like to the person with a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Like I got this shot in the dark. I might as well I might as well use it. And then you kind of people forget about it as the game goes on. Yeah, I think. Less of it being a tool to players, it's an indication to viewers of how someone's game is going in those early days. That's what I'll say. As a as a game mechanism, game mechanic, I don't think that it. I mean, obviously, it has very little impact so far. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with forty five, but 
Yeah, to, to me, the greatest way that the Shot in the Dark impacts Survivor is it tells me, okay, at that first tribal for Ratu, these are two people who felt insecure. Um, I think it's interesting that Matthew's able to claim like that he used it as a way to hide his vote, but Jamie also hasn't been credited with the same. She very well could have been doing the same thing, mm -hmm. uh, but we haven't heard that narrative. Uh, anyway, no, but, so... Do you think that it's a narrative that should be credited to Jamie also, or that... I think they they both use the shot in the dark for multiple reasons, um, and that one reason existed for both of them. Mm -hmm. um, so, I don't know. So, yeah, I uh, I think early in the game, it is it is obviously like a yeah. shot in the dark, a, a last-ditch effort, but it's also for us as viewers. I kind of like it because it does tell us, if you're thinking that way about... What are their first few days looking like if they're already playing the shot in the dark? But for Brandon, it was probably more similar to Gabler, where Gabler was feeling guilty. Oh, we, we, I blew the challenge and it's my fault. So I, I can't write anybody's name down. I have to play the shot in the dark. And it seemed like that for Brandon, I, I had asked in the earlier podcast this week if whether anybody thought it was maybe a move. Uh, but it seems like it was more of the same idea of, I have overwhelming guilt to write anybody else's name down when I have gotten us into this position where we're going to that first tribal council. And I just think that that's interesting and probably a motivation that I never would have thought was a part of the show, but it seems to be something that people experience in those first couple of days of like, I let my tribe down. I can't write somebody's name down. Yeah not relatable to me <laughs> not relatable to me either but interesting right it is interesting and says a lot about brandon he's got a huge heart obviously so yeah yeah interesting couldn't be me <laughs> um, well okay Let, let's talk a little bit about brandon and uh ultimately like where he goes from here what was your reaction to seeing him in the first episode uh it was, I was a bit shocked um, because I think, like I, like I said, I think we see ourselves in other people when they're playing. And so watching Brandon, I'm trying to understand what's going on with him. What did I feel in that moment that could be happening with him on a different level, exponentially different than I experienced it. And it goes back to that, the effects of everything that brings you to survivor you're not birthed into survivor like you you come from your whole life experience all your dreams is a whatever he been, he's been watching since he was young and then the, all the pressure of that moment in those weeks leading up you can't get covid you got to make sure that like you have all your wardrobe in what's the little thing if you miss your soccer they're not going to take you like you're just in your head and so watching him, all I could say to Helen, who I was watching with was, sorry, my boyfriend's making dinner. Bri, it's my moment. Shush. <laughs> <laughs> that has been my dream on a podcast for somebody to tell a background person to this stop the, making the noise. NYU. Yes. Yes. I'm bringing him to I New York. I can see that. He's very, he's in the deep background, but I get that. But yeah, that what a, wow. What, what a... Sorry. What a, uh, this was a wish fulfillment moment for me to get, to see somebody tell a person in the background to stop making noise on a podcast. <laughs> he's, he's the same. As my dad says, he has his hands full. Um, so what was I saying, Rob? 
I'm hungover. What was I saying? <laughs> um, yeah, we were talking about uh, Brandon. And yes. yes. Okay. So he, he was not birthed into Survivor. He carries with him a whole life experience, all these dreams that come to this moment. All the pressure is there. And I turned to Helen watching this and I'm like grabbing my chest. Like, I'm like, oh my God, this is so hard to watch. And I just said, I, I hope he can get back in his body because that's, it looks like a central nervous system breakdown. Wow. You know, that's very profound. Well, I'm, I'm a deep bitch. Yeah. Nobody wow. knows, but. <laughs> um. You know, it's something that is interesting, I think, also about, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the people that get cast on the show and sort of like the super fans that that get cast on the show and, you know, discourse about are there too many super fans? And to me, I think a little bit what's interesting about it is that I feel like that Survivor really is looking for the people, not necessarily the people that are dying to like play survivor but the people who really are just like dying to experience survivor i feel like that more so like i don't really think that we have too many like game bots uh even though there are people who are gigantic fans of the show does that yeah. make is that make no, sense no, it, does. it does i'm ruminating on like whether it's a good thing if we cast people that just want to experience it versus like mm -hmm. I'm um, not saying that Brandon is or isn't one of those people, but I do know what you're saying about the people who are just there to check check the boxes. People would say that on my season. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm not trying to check any boxes. Like, I got boxes to check in real life. I'm here for, like, a reason. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I – it does make good TV. I mean, I, I – it's all about human connection. I don't want to see people just strategize A, B, and C. That's not interesting to me either. But you you want a combination, obviously. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know, what do you look for? Rob, what do you look for in a player? Because you said to me, and I take what I can get because, you know, I didn't get a lot. Okay. So I remember what people say about me. And yeah. you said after we talked the first time, you said um, that I'm your one of your favorite kinds of players. So I know that you're not saying I'm your favorite. But yeah. What does that mean? Favorite kinds of players. You're not what? boring. That's really cool. that yeah. you know. You're you're well, here. You you're like he mess. I, I like well. I like mess, but also like that could be you know um, lots of different ways that we that we get that. And so like I feel like that you came out there and you made bold moves and weren't afraid to go for it. And I think that if everybody played like you, and obviously you want to have like different uh, like variance in the types of players that are in the game but if we had more maddies out there i think we'd probably never have a boring episode of survivor yeah and i feel like um i well that's very nice um and i mean I, it. thank you rob uh you're one of my favorite kinds of players oh thank you so much yeah, you really needed that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm but I feel like I'm not as bold and aggressive as uh, as, uh, as somebody like you. Yeah, well, that's why that's why you went further. Um, <laughs> but to, related back to what we we're talking about. So, with with people well, like the way that survivors changing and Jeff has said we want it to be um an experience for people and it's not just a game show and I agree with all of that, yeah. but I do think there has to be this balance of like I don't know, like we were talking about with the very interesting psychology test, placing somewhere on the competitive scale in terms of like wanting to win and yeah. being 
Yeah. So I think that this is one of the biggest shifts that has happened in the course of the show over 45 seasons that I think Survivor used to be a show about who will win Survivor, like 17 are left. Who will, you know, who will go home? Who will win the show? And I feel like that Survivor is really not about who will win the show. It's yes, someone will win. Someone will get a million dollars that will always be part of the show. But really, I think that Survivor has become, for better or for worse, a show about 18 people who are have come to Survivor and are going through a journey. And what are each of these players getting out of this experience more so than it's one winner, 17 losers, well, there'll be some fun moments along the way, but it's really about that journey to, it's one person's journey to the win as opposed to Survivor now is about 18 people's journey and what did they get out of this experience? Yeah, that you articulate that perfectly. And which do you prefer if you had to choose one? <laughs> I, I think I prefer the the first version. Really? Yeah. See, okay, Maybe I'm a softie. Like, I do think it's, I do think the latter is interesting. But I think you could get both. I, I think yeah. you could get both, but probably not for everybody. I don't, I don't think you can get like 18 people's journey along the way. I think you could probably, you know, then on the way to one person winning, get the journey of several people along the way. But I don't know if we can get the journey of 18 people along mm-hmm. the way. I have a question for you. Yes. Did you feel like 44 was disproportionate in the stories that we got? Because so far, and I don't mean this as a rag on 44, and I'm not speaking against production. I love Survivor and CBS. We all do. We love it all. No edits. Um, what I'm what I'm asking is like to put it positively, I think that coming into the 45 premiere everyone's cool. Like I got a like a vibe of every single person I feel like so far. And um, it feels like a better weighted season just by the first episode. Well, I don't want to speak too soon. I, I think it's almost impossible to tell after the first episode. I feel like that the Red Tribe uh, really did not get too much. Uh, I feel like that there were definitely some people who were a little bit purpled in episode number one. And maybe that will uh, sort itself out. So I, I do think that we got a ton from the Lulu Tribe and everybody mm-hmm. over there. And then the other the other tribe, uh, Bella, a, a, a little bit less so. And then the red tribe, really, I think they just basically had like two segments. So you feel like there's still people you want to see more. That you, I, and you I think we will, you know, uh, yeah. like I, I think we'll definitely, you know, and with the, especially with the 90 minute episodes, I think we'll like end up spending more time. I, I think it's one of my biggest complaints about the three tribe format is that uh-huh. it's very, it's very hard. Um, as far as season 44 goes, I, I don't remember specifically enough about the the way that the premiere went to compare it, but you know it certainly was you know very lopsided in favor of you know the Tika three versus the rest of the field as we went down the stretch. Mm. Yeah, I was just curious because for me, and maybe it's because they're fresh to me, but after the the premiere, I was like, I feel like I know everyone and I like everyone, and it feels like. Um, whereas I felt even when we were playing, I was like, I'm a huge personality and I feel like I'm like being stomped on by the bigger personalities. It's just, I feel like this is an even season of people that are, um, like e- e- shining equally. Yeah. And I, 
I like to see that. Yeah, I think the, the Red Tribe really got uh, a little bit of uh, the short end of the stick in the mm -hmm. premiere. Yeah. Well, they also seem the most sane. <laughs> so uh, far. That's sort of how it goes, right? So like, far. after I left, after the crazy left, we didn't see much Ratu. Okay. Like, that's sort of... Maddie, well, we started this whole uh, part of the conversation about Brandon. I never even got to play you the voicemail I had about him. And so here's a question from Gary. This is Gary from Green Bay, Wisconsin, and thank you for taking my call. My question is in regard to Brandon's strategic game. Do you think it was a good idea for him to go directly to Caleb and Sabaya after Emily mentioned voting out Caleb in the first tribal council uh, to build trust with them? and make a target bigger than himself? Or do you feel like he should have kept that information to himself, maybe used it at a different time, and joined Emily in a potential intentional Matt Singh of the tribe? What would have been best for his strategic game at this point, and what would you have done in his situation? Again, thank well, you, and I'm a big fan of RHAP. Enjoy the rest of your podcast. Okay, thanks, Gary. Yeah. Gary Love in the chat. Question, yep. Gary. Oh, hi, Gary. Great question. Very loaded. Lots to think about. Um, so I can be scatterbrained. So I have to go one by one like a kindergartner. So the first part of the question was, um, do I think that Brandon should have gone to Caleb and Sabaya and ratted Emily out? Yeah. Basically. Um, yeah, I do. I don't think he has a lot of legs to stand on at that point. And he's got to see sometimes only... literally in the challenge too. <laughs> da -da -da. <laughs> Good one, Rob. So I feel like um, one thing that people say about playing scared is that like, oh, I feel like I never got to play my game. Well, if you never test anything out, then you never know what your options are. And that can go horribly wrong. Like you can try to get someone to hide an idol key to an idol with you and then they can, you know, idol you out. So, you know, you can't try every avenue and sometimes you try and you get burned. But I think that it would be good for him to do what he did, which is try one avenue, see if it works. And then in from his perspective, it looks like Emily's on the bottom anyway. So I don't I don't think that his risk analysis is off. He's got very little to work with at this point. So he's yeah. throwing it at the wall. Yeah. You know, in terms of how Emily felt about um, Caleb and Sabaya, you know, on your tribe, you watched as Brandon and Matthew went off and did the sweat challenge together. And correct me if I'm wrong, that you looked at them as, okay, they're working together. They're working on this thing. They they have a bond. Is that is that fair to say? I didn't think... I, it's fair to say from your from the viewer's perspective. Do you want to please? Did you have a follow up to that or should no? I, I just wanted to that like as uh, that from from my perspective that you made a uh, similar leap in logic of okay they worked on the challenge together they must be working together like like Emily did and I wanted to so I find out from you if you, if that if you thought that that was a reasonable assumption. I think I think that that would be a leap of logic. So I'm wondering what else Emily saw that made her believe that Caleb and, and Sabaya are working together. They're probably spending a lot of time together. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's sort of clear in those first few days. And one thing I love that Emily did was like, she was talking about like the whole time we've been out here and that's, it really feels like that. Like, yeah, it's only three days, but that's, I mean, you're awake all those hours and you're monitoring what people are doing. And so if there's a hundred instances of you clocking someone, that's a lot of time 
<laughs> even though it's in real life, not a lot of time. So um, I'm, I'm curious what else she saw. I do think the sweat and savvy dividing people up and having them have time to talk, it adds some element of like ostracizing people or whatever. But for me, and this podcast is not about me, but there were- Yes, it uh, is. Okay, fine. I, um, Brandon and, and Matthew were annoying me and that's, that's why I wanted to go for either of them. Mm-hmm. When we did the sweat and savvy, like me and Kane were like, should we do the savvy? And they wanted to, I think, drag the coconuts because they wanted to be on TV and it was annoying me. And that's, that bothered me. Yeah. So it wasn't that I thought that they were super tight. They didn't have very natural conversation in front of me. It didn't seem like they vibed very well. They were just annoying me. Do that's you think it. it was a good twist from production to have them do it offsite where you can say, okay, well, I can tell they're not having very productive game talk. But then when you put them on a boat, you take them to another island. Now they come back and now you have no idea how they got along. Yeah, Rob, this is why you're so good because I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that does make a huge difference. Now it's it's happened not in your home, right? If you're watching someone un, under the nose, under your nose and they're, well, I can't even talk, whatever. You know what I mean? Under yeah. your no, nose, it's like, I feel like I've got a handle on this and maybe you're being duped, but if they're somewhere else, like Lord knows what's happening. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. So let me see, where do we want to go next with, with all this stuff? Okay. Um, let me ask you a question about uh, John Shaw had a question for you. Maddie, who's the most feral on season 45? I know oh, you said I that this was that. a question you definitely wanted to talk about. Yeah. Well, I'm curious first what you think. You won't taint my answer. So I want to hear it from you. Who do I think is the most feral? Yeah. Um. So in terms of just like a true and, and you mean like a wild card in the game. Yeah. However you define feral. Let's see. Um, I kind of think this through in terms of uh, the people that are out there. And I'll say Kendra. Okay. And why? I just feel like that she seemed, she was a little bit less uh, wild than I would have thought based off of the preseason interviews, but she seemed like such a free spirit that, I thought that she could be very unpredictable in terms of how she was going to approach the game. Yeah. And she's very like organic of the land. Yes. Yes. Okay. I see that. Um, for me, one person came to mind immediately as being feral. And that for me is Sifu. Mm-hmm. And feral, by the way, is a compliment. Yes. In this you described yourself the same way. Yes. Yeah. Context, people, feral is a compliment. The crazier, the better in my book. And Sifu is unhinged and I love it. And I, um, yeah, he's like Tasmanian devil vibes. Yeah. Do you feel like that Sifu is somebody that could be a player that is somebody that can make a real impact in this game? Or do you think he could just be (laughs) too much of like a wild card and people see through him? I, you know, people are likening Sifu to Danny. And I think that if I had to, no offense, Sifu, I love you and I can't wait to meet you. But if I had to put Danny and Sifu up against each other, I, Danny to me seems a bit more calculated than Sifu. Sifu seems, and this is a great character trait for real life, to just be like genuine, authentic, and not trying to pull one over on anyone. He's being wily, but it's harmless. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see if that's if that 
continues, but just um, his essence to me is a bit like more pure than Danny's, which is more conniving. I think. But I feel like that you would not want to play with a player like Sifu. No, you want to, you want people who are predictable, who will continue the patterns that we see in Survivor time and time again. You don't want a Sifu who, but in a way, Sifu is predictable because if you can just clock that he's trying to do a Tony thing, it's like, okay, like I can predict that he's going to do the unpredictable thing. I mean, that's a bit, that's a bit of a stretch, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Expect the unexpected. I guess. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Maddie, I want to ask you about the twist that was part of this season 45 premiere that we didn't get to see. You know, you're aware of this, correct? About how that that the Bellow tribe got to send somebody to Lulu. They sent Kendra back to go and observe the before the tribal council. How would you have handled going to another tribe to as as they got ready for tribal council? Um, how would I ha would have handled it? Yeah. Oh, I really wish we could have seen what Kendra did. Um, I do I, too. I, I imagine her approach was pretty good. I get the vibe from Kendra that she's very warm and uh, that connecting with people is one of her strengths and that she comes off maybe kooky and unassuming. Um, and I'm sure she laid that on when she got on the beach too. And so I'd probably do something similar, try not to come off as intense as I am, as calculating as I am and just be friendly and, um, maybe lean into the, like, ah, oh, this is so crazy. Like this survivor experience, you know, and be a little more flip about it than it actually is. So I, I want us to see that footage. Do you think we're going to see it? 
I don't think so. I wouldn't think that we're going to see Kendra. I wonder if we'll see the future visits come up in the other episodes and they just didn't mm-hmm. have enough time to get to it in the premiere. This is a question from uh, uh, Othman, uh Will, uh, who says, do you think that uh, Sean was shown less than the rest of the Lulu tribe because he spent a lot of time uh, talking to Kendra? I saw that. That's smart. Probably. Right. Because it just I'm sure he was out there gaming. What we did see of him seemed very intentional. The conversations he was having and he seems to be well situated socially in the tribe. So I can't imagine that if someone from another tribe shows up at the beach, that Sean is not ingratiating himself in their company. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, I would say probably. Yeah. Uh, What other reason could there be? Yeah. Or either that or he just wasn't a big part of the storyline that was going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Back at that tribe. Okay. We had a, a little bit of a discussion about uh, a very important topic at Lulu. And, and I want to get your take on what was going on here. Um, can I ask you to weigh in on this question, Maddie? Do we know who built the pyramids? Aliens. Aliens. We're all on the same page. Uh, (laughs) There's like a theory that they were batteries because like the chambers make more sense for like energy harvesting than a tomb. Yeah. What do you think about the the pyramids? What do I think? It's obvious. Yeah. Yeah, they were, they were built by aliens. Aliens for yeah, aliens. for energy harvesting. So it's energy it's really harvesting. the two things. So it was almost right. like that. This is like all right. We we know everybody knows about the pyramids, right? Aliens. Yep. Okay. But then yeah. Okay. Yes. And not only are the pyramids built by aliens, they're actually they're actually batteries. Right. That go into Jeff Probst's shoes and give him energy. To mm-hmm. continue, do you think that that is where Survivor Guy channels his powers from? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Where else? Yeah. yeah, makes sense. This is an airtight argument. Mm-hmm. So next, yeah, yeah, interesting. Not really. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Outwit, I'll play at last. Three points. Rob, I'm so close to not laughing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, how about uh, a question from the king of nuance, Omar Zahir. As an honorary Canadian, what expectations do you have for uh, Caleb this season? Um, You're an honorary so Canadian? I am, yeah. Every day I wake up and I think about the fact that I lost Survivor, but that I'm an honorary Canadian and what a life it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Omer, Marianne, Kane, and I are the only Canadians to ever play Survivor. Everyone else is an actor, uh, but you heard it here first. Mm-hmm. Um, just kidding. We just have a group chat that's Canadian Survivors, and somehow I conned myself into it. So um, thank you, Omer. I love you. Oh, Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, I have high hopes for Caleb. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil any of my winner picks, but I think I'm doing it right now. Well, Caleb to me stands out as a very, very capable player. Sure. I dare I say winner? Okay. Are do you have concerns about Caleb as being like too much of like somebody who is going to be uh, an obvious target? 
Yeah. I think, I mean, he, that would be his biggest red flag, but we all come in the game with red flags. And if he has the right self-awareness, then he'll know what he needs to do to Mm -hmm. turn those red flags to green. Um, I think that, uh, Caleb, his, his downfall, his Achilles heel might be his likability, Mm -hmm. right? He's got like this Cheshire cat smile and like, there's something about his eyes that are like mischievous. Um, and all the pregame stuff, like, oh, he's looking at everyone, he's talking to everyone. Um, but I think that's quickly forgotten in yeah. the game. Yeah. Is and it I think, better, I think do you think, to make a like a big first impression at Ponderosa, or do you want to try to play it more low-key at Ponderosa? I I was just trying to be low-key. So I would say that. Yeah. Um, but Jam Jam didn't play low-key at Ponderosa. He was whispering in everyone's ear. Not not us, but the staff. He's whispering in their ears. And, you know, Matt Blankenship made eyes with everyone, and everyone liked him. And, yeah. What about the yeah. people that you played with on your tribe? How how did their behavior pregame affect how you looked at them once you got to the beach? Um, I did. I wasn't near anyone on my tribe. Um, I knew that Kane never made eye contact, but... Um, he, he reminds me of a friend from home, so I, I already liked him. Uh, Brandon never once looked at me. Never once. Yeah. And do you feel like that hurt your relationship when you got into no. the game? No, it was a clean slate for me. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I I tried with Brandon. What we see when it goes sour is like like my third attempt. It wasn't that I didn't want to work with Brandon. Brandon didn't want to work with me, so he has some information that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Matthew, I uh, he always let people go in front of him to get food, uh, which is sweet in real life. But to me, I was like, you're doing that on purpose. You, you thought that was transparent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Jamie, I didn't see much of um, at all. It's so yeah. interesting. It's so interesting. These little things of like, okay, yeah. you think you're doing the right thing, but you're actually doing the wrong thing because that, that people see through it. Or even if they like, he might've been like completely genuine. Yeah, Matthew. Yeah, probably. He's so sweet. Like he's such a gentleman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And there's other people not on my tribe, like Claire, very social player, making eyes at everyone. Uh, Yeah. So that stuff, it does matter. But I do think that it can be a little overrated because then so much happens when you get on the beach. It's sort it is sort of a clean slate, which I mean, it's kind of what you want. Mm -hmm. Okay. What they're aiming for. All right. This is a question from It's Walk. It says, uh, do you think production tried to manufacture a train wreck tribe with Lulu? They didn't give them a lot of brawn at all. Do you think that one, Survivor wants a train wreck tribe, and two, that they would try to manufacture one? It's a good question. Am I naive if I say that they, I don't think they would try to manufacture anything? I, mm-hmm. I think they do have a pure... Um, outlook on on the tribes yeah i I don't think they know i I don't like sometimes we think like oh it's going to be one thing with this tribe but i I don't think that they necessarily know how these tribes are going to function yeah i I guess i'll say i don't think they try to play god i don't think they tamper too much Mm -hmm. i think that they put together an interesting group of people who based on their psych tests might have conflict and i think that they leave it the rest to the survivor gods okay All right. And then I have another voicemail for you here. Uh, This is uh, from uh, one of our uh, listeners, Brandon. Hello, this is Chappelle uh, 
long-time listener, first-time caller here on the Feedback Show. Uh, my question is for Maddie. Maddie, uh, as a grenade, is there any <laughs> advice you can give me as to how to not draft a grenade uh, in the RHP Survivor Draft? Uh, my percentages aren't looking that great. And this time, I even drafted someone who quit um, within the first three days of the game. And so any yeah. advice from a professional grenade would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> Thank you, Maddie. Thank you, Rob. Love y'all, Bays. Okay. Uh, peace out. Love you, Chappelle. Yeah, I mean, I thought Chappelle really got a raw deal this time. Like, uh, his person was not going out, and she she basically jumped on the grenade. Yeah, I mean, I, you could say the same for me. I wasn't going out, and I jumped on the grenade. Mm -hmm. So Chappelle has, um, has a thing for fatalists. He just loves people with um, with a, a final death destination. Surprise. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Chappelle, there's no saving you, brother. That is what it is. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like though that you could like look at a cast from Survivor and you feel like that you have a good sense of like, okay, this person is in big trouble early? Yes, but I think that. What's kind of cool about the new era is that I think so far, and obviously I'm biased, I I think that it's defied that, you know, I, in my opinion. So, mm -hmm. yes, but no, not recently. I wouldn't have picked Hannah to go first. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't have picked myself to go first. Uh, yeah. Okay. What do you think? I, I feel like that... I usually am pretty good at like spotting like the early uh, boots. Uh, I don't know about recent history, uh, how I've necessarily done. And I feel like that um, the early boots, I think, have been a little bit more unpredictable in the new era. Mm -hmm. But back in yeah. the day, especially when it was two tribes, I think it was probably easier to figure it out. I mean, first off, it's hard to figure out the first boot just because you have a one in three shot of picking the right tribe. Yeah. Well, and also it's, I mean, it's, this is easy math, but it's it's hard, easier. It's harder to get five people. Oh, never mind. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say something okay. stupid. I don't feel like dealing with it. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> and then Will Bridges said, "Would you, who would you align with in a hypothetical first boot season?" Um, do we think that's ever happening? I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Um, okay. but I mean, I guess anything's possible, right? It's, it's never going to happen. And I also don't think a pre-merge season is happening. Sorry. Uh, sorry to See, me. See, but no, I do think the idea that I've kicked around for years is if they did some kind of like three tribe format where it was like a tribe of first boots. So maybe not an all first boot season, but you could have, okay, these are six people. They went out first. And maybe you have like six people who got to the finals and got zero votes. And then like some other of like, you know, like didn't, didn't make it to the end, but they were, you know, uh, great players or something like that, or three or, or a tribe of people who got medically evacuated. And mm. so I have like three different like pockets of people who didn't win in mm. like a second chances type season. Yeah. That would be epic. Um, I don't think it's ever gonna happen, Rob. I'm I'm just pitching. Yeah, no, I like it. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's more likely than a season yeah. that's all about because I don't know if you if if you could ever sell Jeff on 18 first boots coming back, but I think you could sell him on six. Interesting. 
You're more you're more uh, hopeful than I am. Okay. Uh, if there were to be a first boot season, um, I would. Is it post new era or all? I think season? it's all. Hey, you gotta have Reem. I love Reem. I mean, mm-hmm. that's awesome. we are like twins. I love mm-hmm. Reem. Yeah. We met this season, and it was a, a magical meeting. Meeting of chaotic minds. Um, I, I mean, I have to go with Zach Wurtenberger because mm-hmm. uh, he. The Wurtenbergers are hot these days. Yeah, well, that's I just love clout, so I have to pick him. Yeah. Um, he's the the yin to my yang, and I think that what I was trying to do with Kane, I could do with with Zach, which is just have someone counter my chaotic but bold and brave ideas mm-hmm. with a grounding, um, strategic, more grounded mind yeah okay yeah natalie wants to know would queen maddie go on the challenge usa three sorry no no <laughs> you would not do the challenge i don't care about being on tv i don't care about being famous i only wanted to play survivor what about the traders no i hate the traders it's so stupid no you wouldn't even go sorry. thank you that's sorry natalie that's very sweet thank you for the question what about house of villains too no, I don't care. You don't, I care. don't care. Only Survivor. Oh. Okay. Only I think that helps Survivor. you. I think that helps you come, to come back. Thank you. Yeah. You're not like one of these people who's like anything, anything. Just no, put me I on, the, put me on like, anything. No, I don't I'll like go, I'll be on Buddy Games. Love Island. You'll have to ask my boyfriend of nine years if I can go on Love Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's get into some uh, links and social media stuff. Uh, did you happen to see all of these like survivor buffs on things? How couldn't you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Marketing was marketing. Market. Yeah. Marketing was out there. I mean, uh, that they went out to uh, put buffs on all sorts of different landmarks. Uh, did Did you think that uh, this this was uh, something that was like a, a good marketing promo do anybody watch start watching survivor because there was buffs on stuff (laughs) um i what i thought it was interesting it's very creative i don't know who's just casually walking by monuments Mm -hmm. every day and thinking gee i mean i don't walk past a george washington memorial and think i ought to turn on the history channel tonight so i i'm wondering about the psychology behind the marketing but i appreciate i appreciate the effort and i think it's fun let's take a look okay all right this is uh something we'd like we'd like to do on the slop on the big brother stuff but when uh, we get these like instagram videos okay let's let's check this out you ready to take a tour of some of these buffs let's go okay here we go All right, let's uh, check this out. This is from the Survivor CBS Instagram. Journey into New York City. You see Survivor 45 premieres this Wednesday. And in preparation, CBS has been buffing up. Now, who is this guy? I know. Where's he from? What's the accent? Davey says, uh, I thought it was Spencer. But no, that is not Spencer. (laughs) Spencer Davey? (laughs) Yeah. Icons all across America. Okay. So they put a buff on the Jolly Green Giant statue. They put a buff on Marilyn Monroe, and they put a buff on uh, this duck. Where are these? I don't know. Wow, look at all these beautiful buffs. There's a giant dinosaur and this other thing. Also, wearing a buff as a top. Okay. I have a crazy idea. What is it? 
Don't you send buffs to previous players and ask them to yeah, the combined Instagram followers. It's like, hey, we're we're gonna send a buff to all the alumni every like if you have if you have uh like twenty five hundred Instagram followers, we're gonna send you a buff. Somebody said, is it legal to put buffs on all these things? Great point. Yeah, I, I think don't they got permission. Yeah, I'm sure they got permission, but think of all the hoops they had to jump through to do this. Like, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's a people lot tell me the Ducks are in Boston. Okay, all right, sorry. Okay. Must be very important. The 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 Boston Ducks. Hey, Sostenino, smarten up. We got the ducks, we got buffs on them. But now there's a survivor buff filter available on Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat. So I thought oh. I would take this into the Big Apple and buff up America's most iconic icons, the people of New York City. Survivor 45, let's go. Did you, okay. I am a huge Survivor fan. Often say I geek out on it. I love Survivor. I'm a new big fan. Who is this guy? He's like the Banksy of Survivor. Like uh, he's tagging buffs on all these things. It's obvious what's happening. Jeff's going to retire and this random blonde man is going to <laughs> This <come> random up. guy? <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Open your eyes, Rob. Yeah. It's happening. Wish.com Spencer is out here <laughs> and he's uh, definitely going to be the new host of Survivor. Did we even get a name? I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. Let me, oh, I can refresh it at the end. I want to know if and you watched a lot during the pandemic. Huge Survivor fan. It's the best show ever. I grew up watching with my aunts. I think I've seen like 28 seasons. I'm a huge fan of Survivor. Yeah. I love it. Rewatched most of them. It's like okay. my favorite show. We need to do this, Maddie. Uh, I got to send out our own RHAP street team. Maybe when I'm in New York City. Sam, can we do this? Can I go up to random people on the street and find out if they're watching Survivor? I'm going to talk to the real people on the street. <laughs> We got to find out for real. What do you think, Maddie? This is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm dumb, dumbfounded. I do think if they just asked um, alumni to take a little video and hype up the season, we'd probably do it. But this is a way. Mm-hmm. This is a way. Okay. All right. Well, look, the Survivor marketing team is still going because tonight, Monday night, did you have any idea that there is going to be a special Survivor Price is Right edition? I had seen it. I didn't know it was tonight. Mm-hmm. And what's the deal Jeff is hosting? So I think Jeff is going to be on it. I think it's actually on currently as we're recording this. So maybe uh, I will have it DVR'd and check it out. Okay. All right. So let's do a little bit of would you rather with Jeff Probst. Okay. These are very fun. We talk about these on the slop all the time. Okay. All right. So let's play along you and I. Okay. And this is uh, Jeff Probst that what you, that uh, you, your, what's your Instagram handle? Jeff, Jeff, do you hear me? Yes. Okay. All right. Let's find out just uh, a chance to find out how well do you hear Jeff Probst? Okay. Would you rather Price is Right Edition? Let's see. Okay. It's Jeff Probst from Survivor. Grab your buffs. I want to play. Okay. Uh, All right. So would Jeff Probst rather play Plinko or Punch and Bunch? Am I supposed to know what these are? (laughs) You don't know Plinko? No. Brandon Donlin said he was cosplaying as Plinko falling down the board. I don't play. Nobody would rather play Punch in Bunch. (laughs) Give us a hard one. Give us a hard one. Okay. I'm going with Brandon. I don't know what these are, but I'm going with Brandon Donlin because I love him. So Plinko. Okay. Plinko. I I like the unpredictability of it. I mean, Survivor is like Plinko, basically. Put all the names of the contestants on there and just drop the chip. And then that's how Survivor works in the new era. (laughs) Anybody could win. Anybody could get voted out. Okay. The uncertainty. Okay. Car versus trip. 
Would what? Jeff Probst rather win a car or a trip? Uh, he's gonna say trip. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think Jeff cares. I would choose trip. What do I you think mean, Jeff car? is like, hey, like I'm out here for the adventure. Yeah, I don't think he's hurting for money, so I'm, yeah. I'm gonna say. Trip. <laughs> I'm choosing between a car and a trip. I'm going car. Oh. Yeah. Why? What's the reasoning? Okay. Car curse, Jeff. Think about it. I we just thought of a new car with Big Bo on it, and I, I like that idea. Look, if it's not a car or a trip, uh, cash. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> All right. Didn't know Jeff was like that. <laughs> for the money. He doesn't okay. even care. I'm kidding. All right. Just go for the green. Here's the thing. Okay. Bidding $1. Does Jeff like that or no? What do you think? Uh, now, do you, yes. Are you a Price is Right person, Maddie? No, I don't know. Okay, do, do, okay so yeah, very good sport, on the Price is Right, okay, <laughs> um, that I don't want to take anything for granted. On the Price is Right, that you have to be in, you come down, come on down for the Price is Right, and then you have to, like, they show, like, and this is a brand new dining room set. And then everybody's like, uh, $1,299. Oh. And then, and then the next person goes, like, uh, $2,000. And, and you have to be the closest person without going over. So if it was actually $900, you could just bid $1. And if everybody okay. else went over, you'll win. Jeff, I don't think it's going to like this. I think it's too ticky-tack. I think you're, it's not in the spirit of go for it. Right. I, yeah. th I think he says no. So throwing in a dollar is like playing your shot in the dark. It's, it's a tough. little bit like shot in the dark. It's like, I think everybody else is overbid. I'm just going to go with $1. You're saying he's not going to like it. I'll say that he will like it. Okay, let's see. In the $1 bid, you are you are either that person or you're not, and I am. If I look oh. and feel like that's the best move, it's an all-in move. You're either right or you're wrong, but I'm going for it. I guess he looks at the $1 yeah. as go for it. I was wrong. You understood the psychology perfectly. Yeah, but I had it backwards. I had it backwards. Okay, all right. Hey, it's Jeff. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully that, you know, gets Survivor another yeah. million viewers. Sure. Sure. I honestly I think Survivor is probably doing more for the prices, right? And the prices yeah, right for Survivor. <laughs> With all due respect. The writer's strike was was hard on CBS. Well, so is that where we think all this extra marketing money is coming from? I mean, how do you book me on your show? I come with a very high dollar. Yeah, Clearly, well, look, we we, we pulled out all the stops here for the first feedback show of the season. We had to. Yep. Yeah, that's how I knew. Yeah. Um, it, no, but truly, do we think that it's a writer strike type? situation because this did not happen well look I, I think that um other than maybe like reruns of yellowstone i think survivor is the number one show on cbs so hmm. i think that they felt like okay we don't really have our regular fall lineup so we're gonna go all out to promote survivor it's our biggest yeah. hit look as much as we tease i miss the days of like the survivors doing got milk campaigns being on Good Morning America, mm -hmm. being on People Magazine. I like the drama of it all because they, we are normal people. And I think that it it only like heightens the viewing experience if these people are plastered everywhere and it makes it, I don't know, it mm -hmm. makes it more dramatic. Yeah. So I would, I would nix the, you know, big green giant buff and maybe I would. Okay. What about this, Maddie? Okay. All right. What do you think about the Empire State Building was even lit up? <laughs> For red, yellow, and blue in celebration of Survivor's 45th season. How many New Yorkers do you think saw the red, yellow, 
and blue Empire State Building. And I said, oh, Survivor's back, baby. No, it was just like like New Year's, like the ball dropping. I and mean, people were flocking. Mm-hmm. included. I took off work. Mm-hmm. Everybody needed to see it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So yeah. they did the thing. <laughs> That's kind of cute. I like that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maddie, just uh, real quick. Episode two is coming up. Do you have a prediction for how things are going to play out next week? Do you think that Emily is going to be uh, the person who ends up going out next? I do not. Yeah, I kind of don't think she is either. I feel like that, um, You look not to get too much into the edgic of it all, but I feel like a lot of the promos are about, like, there's a new villain. I'm not, I'm she not speaks, even. She speaks, and she's a woman, and she says what's on her mind. What could Survivor. be more villainous? Yeah. What could be more villainous than a woman who says what she thinks? Ah! John, John, John. Horrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in everyone's nightmares. Uh, so, it's yeah, October. I, Get ready for <laughs> your scare, the scariest thing ever. I, edgic aside, I've got that's not even edgic. That's not even edgic. I haven't even seen the promos. No. I don't think that Emily's yeah. going. It's home. the commercials. I think that what Emily had was what a lot of Survivor players need, which was she was steeped in the reality of her new reality, and it's that she is on the outs. She has different opinions than the people she's with. She's taking a different approach to the game and she's smart. So that Mm -hmm. will shock her into doing what she needs to do. She'll have to decide, do I want to play a principled game or do I want to win? And we heard her at the beginning. Sean's playing the principled game. (laughs) We heard at the beginning, she wants to win. Mm -hmm. So I think um, there's not a freaking chance that Emily goes second. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No flipping chance for Emily to go out second. Yeah, my prediction is going to be, I I bet that tribe doesn't even go to tribal council. What? Who do you think goes to tribal? Well, I don't see who else is going to go out from from that tribe, Ben, if it's not going to be Emily. won't have a tribal. Yeah. Maybe, I think they'll have a tribal. I'm kidding, Rob. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) New twist, no tribal. Yeah. I guess Jake is somebody that the first episode like laid some track. I'm just trying to think back to, I mean, the second boot in your season was Helen, right? And I and I don't think there was any sort of like breadcrumbs in the first episode that Helen was in trouble by episode two. So I, yeah. I don't think that you necessarily like uh, can always like look to the first episode and see like, uh oh, this person is in trouble. Yeah. We're going to see it live. We're going to see it live Wednesday night. Very exciting. I am excited. Yeah. So that'll be a good time. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if you look, if you're in the New York City area, I don't know if they're going to put the Empire State Building uh, in blue and light blue and RJP colors. But we'll be there. And I'll be talking to people on the street and asking them what they think about Survivor. Okay. Maddie, what else is going on for you? Um, I well, y'all. Before Rob and I hopped on, I told Rob, after this Wednesday, I'm going to retirement. I'm tired. No more. I don't believe I'm you. I don't think you're going to retire. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think you're going to hang doing, it up. What do you mean? I look. You're too invested. I think that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I think I'm too invested. Wow. So I'll be bowing out. What on does Wednesday. that mean? Are you going to deactivate your social media? I'm chilling. 
I'm you're chilling. Some time Are you ch- ch- taking time off for season forty-five? Um, I am. I like them. I want to watch, but I'm not gonna like be going to all the parties. I'm not everybody. Is this like one of those like Tom Brady retirements? Of <laughs> I'm retired, and then next week, like I'm back. Like this is a thing, and you know this, Rob. It takes two years beginning to end for your survivor life. Yes. So I've been trying to get on Survivor since I was 18. Yeah. I got on Survivor at 28. I was one of the first people in casting. Yep. And then you have to wait all the way until a month before the show to find out that you're on the show. Then you go and whatever. And I, it, you watch it, you do all the stuff, you leave work on Tuesday, you fly out, you go to a party on Wednesday, you fly back into work Thursday. I'm tired. I'm done. You're tired. Yeah. Look, I don't know if you listened to any of the podcasts that Kellen had done earlier in the summer yes. of the, the road to reality, but I thought that it was such an interesting thing that she explored on her podcast. And I think that in the beginning she was like, uh, I think it was a little bit like sort of like trying to f- figure out like what the podcast was going to be. But yeah, I, I told her that I just felt like that the exploration of what this all does to your life uh, when, you know, and it's a dream for so many people and it's like a dream and you get there and you get close and you finally did it. And then you feel like you go out there and you have your experience for however it was good, bad or whatever. And then you feel like, okay, and then it comes on TV and then it's still like for, for years, it has like a big impact on your life. And it's not necessarily the impact that you think it's going to have, but it's certainly an impact. And I just think that it's such an interesting thing to explore with people that I feel like that nobody else has really like had that type of conversation on a podcast before. Yeah. So, so if anybody hasn't listened to those Kellen podcasts, the road to reality, uh, there it's, uh, very interesting. It has its own podcast feed road to reality feed. If you want to go back and check any of those out and, um, yeah, Maddie, I, I, I do understand it. And so if you're saying, uh, I get it, you're quitting, you're quitting being a survivor (laughs) alumni, everybody lay off Maddie. Okay. Do not leave her one star reviews on any of her businesses. Let Maddie, she wants to enjoy the rest of the season from the comfort of her couch. Let her walk, just walk away if she wants to. That's her decision. Yeah. That. Yeah, but it's a. Uh, she didn't know it was going to be like this. No, I did, but it's um. Anyway, it's all positive. I just they. I want. I want life to be normal again. Yeah. Leave Maddie Leave alone. Leave Maddie alone, everybody. Okay, to all the haters out there, just <laughs> let Maddie quit being an alumni for a little bit. I have to. I'll double down on it. We'll end on me doubling down on uh the plug for for Kellen because that is an amazing podcast and my only regret is that it wasn't out when I got back mm-hmm. from filming yeah. because it is so it's such a unique experience and you can't imagine the ways that it'll impact your life big small not everyone gets to be Carson right and like have like Pillows. the fame fun part of Survivor yeah, like go to see his house right yeah exactly so yeah. The, there's a lot that happens and Kellen's podcast is fascinating okay. for fans and players. So I know you're quitting being an alumni. Do you want people to follow you on social media? Sure. If you want. Okay. Where do people <laughs> go? Jeff, you, Jeff, can you hear me? So it's, I made this in 2018 because I was like, I know I'm perfect for the show. I'm going to get on the show. I just need to do every little thing I can do to get on the show. So I made my handle Jeff Probst. Can you hear me? Um, and that's where you can find me on Instagram and then on 
Twitter. If you dare, you can follow me at Jeff. Can you hear me? The yeah. U is just a U because I type like a, a U like the letter. Yeah. I type like a fifth grader. And um, yeah, that's where you can find me. All right. Well, Maddie, this was so much fun. Uh, I, I hope that this isn't it for us on the podcast <laughs> because I had a great time talking with you. Of course, if you want to be with us on Wednesday, you can do so. You can hear all of our Survivor podcasts. Go to Survivor Pods. Dot com. That's a brand new website that we're getting together. Uh, appreciate the feedback on it. Uh, you can also leave us ratings and reviews there very easily and subscribe to our Survivor podcast feed. Plus, listen to all of our other Survivor shows on the network all in one place at SurvivorPods.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. We're leading, we're leading into the Big Brother Stock Watch now on Mondays. So uh, get ready for Taryn and the crew to give out some ratings for uh, the Big Brother players in just a couple of minutes. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.